two movies, three rounds, one winner. Welcome to the Movie Battle Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Movie Battle Podcast. Uh, I think first off we should... uh, uh, apologize Explain ourselves um, for not having an episode up on Halloween as we had promised. We promised that. Oh no! I'm sorry. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, I know you were all waited with a uh, bated breath for what we would think, um, but uh, we had a little thing called a movie, short movie, Shantir. It's called. It's um. It's available on our... Just go, may as well go for the plug now, Liam, okay? Mm-hmm. It's available on uh, the our YouTube channel, the Movie Battle Podcast. Shantir, it's an Irish short horror film inspired by Celtic mythology and the Irish language. And, uh, you know, it's a short slasher. Worth checking out. Um, but that coming out kind of threw things for a loop and uh, pushed us back on the old schedule but uh we're still here we promised the episode and just a little late unfortunately uh yeah um again uh, apologies um for uh not having it out when we said we would have it uh, just as Zayman said uh just uh it was quite a busy weekend um yes <laughs> with the promoting the film and uh putting that out there as well uh so again it's apologies for that uh we would really like if you could check it out uh, the film to see what you think a bit of feedback would be great um, yeah it's your chance to critique us <laughs> exactly yeah um, so I, any thoughts that you had um, would be would be fantastic to hear what you think yeah um, no, absolutely and also um, just on the last episode um, The Exorcist versus The Omen I haven't released our pixel art for that yet that also got pushed back you, you, you probably noticed <laughs> Well, if you or didn't, (laughs) we hope you noticed, but you probably didn't. But if you didn't, it's probably because you're not following us on Twitter at the Movie Battle Pod, or on Facebook at the Movie Battle Podcast, or on Instagram at the Movie Battle Podcast. On all three of those, every week we put up a piece of custom pixel art that we design just for each episode. Um, The Exorcist versus the Omen one is coming. We will have one for this as well. I just not sure exactly when. Hopefully the Exorcist, hopefully the Exorcist will be out. What we were releasing this on Wednesday, so hopefully by Wednesday the Exorcist one should be up, and then this should follow maybe a day later. Um, so you'll have a, a few in quick succession there. But um, but yeah. Um, so again, again, just apologies again for for being late. But uh, it is here. It's the final uh, edition of the horror season. It is Tobe Hooper's 1974 film, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, against John Carpenter's 1978 film, Halloween. Uh, two of the, the two biggest, probably, slasher films of the 70s. Um, the two biggins. Yeah. Um, we, we, like, Halloween, <laughs> supposed to be on Halloween. Halloween, you have to do Halloween. That was the plan. Um, you have to do Halloween. So then one was like, well, what are we going to put it up against? And we thought, well, it's got to be another extremely high quality slasher 
Well, why not go back to the source? So as far as, I mean, I, well, suppose, I mean, so, you could say I psycho, think psycho, psycho is Yeah, psycho is kind of, psycho is kind of, oh, psycho, I mean, is a thriller. I mean, psycho is a great movie, and I think we will probably get to it at some point. I think I'd like to. Um, it's definitely worth doing. It's yeah, a phenomenal definitely. Film. But uh, psycho definitely has slasher elements, but I wouldn't call it a slasher movie. Um, I think Texas is a slasher movie. The last half hour of it does, does kind of. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think it fits all of the criteria of what we would you would count for a slasher movie. I feel like Texas Chainsaw Massacre does, but look, we're splitting here. It's obviously Psycho kind of started, uh, it in a way, but I feel like Texas was the first kind of one that you could fully say is definitely a slasher movie. Anyway, we'll discuss Psycho when we when we get to it. Mm-hmm. We'll start off with Texas. Texas Chains of Massacre, um, it's round one, and it's music. Um, so the music for this, if you can call it music, <laughs> mm. was composed by, uh, to- I'm not sure if it was Tobe or Toby. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm not the sure. The director, was it? Yeah. Tobe Hooper. Yeah, but I, I, I've heard it referred to as Tobe and as Toby. So I, was, mm. I assumed it was, I thought it was Tobe, but then I heard somewhere else said Toby, so I was confused. But I took it as Tobe as well as you, so... Tobe Hooper and Wayne Bell were the two um, composers, in inverted commas, for this movie. Now, I'm not deriding it, but it's hard to describe the score as music in this movie. It's it's more kind of like sounds. Yeah. Like, to be honest, it did kind of feel like what you might hear in a slaughterhouse, I guess. I got those vibes. Very from, much like... so, yeah. It, it has a kind of... And I don't mean this in the uh, musical genre, industrial, but it has an industrial sound, like the sound of machines yeah. moving, like large metal pieces of metal moving and banging and whirring and yeah, and and quite kind of suffocating as well. Oh. There's a lot of it going on, you know. Yeah, like like we should, should I should clarify, it's not music, but it's extremely effective. The 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 the, the sound compositions, shall we say, um, in this. I, I think suffocating is an excellent uh, term I think like the use. one that really stood out is like when um, do you know after he kills Kirk and he kind of just slams that door kind of yeah. thing shut and it's like kind of a vibrating sound kind of that goes through from it it's kind of I don't know it's just really weird yeah well, I, I, yeah, no absolutely I totally agree the moment that caught me the most I'll be honest was probably like literally the opening um mm. Literally, like you know, you you open on dark and you hear the sound, and again it's the sound. You hear the sound of the the, the ground being dug and the mm. soil being dumped, and then you hear the kind of things rustling, kind of meat and bones. And uh, what was that sound? That was kind of like, yeah, it's just some. Kind of, <laughs> we can't have an episode of Lean doesn't sing a bit mm. of it. Um, it just, I, it sounded like. Some kind of maybe I couldn't even find a way to describe version it. of uh, a piece of I don't know. It was just kind of it sounded like weird sadness, like like doom. Um, but, but yeah, there was kind of that feel of kind of engines or kind of machinery, kind yeah, of running, very even in the background, very industrial. Uh, but it also, I mean, then they mixed in with the sounds of like the sound of bones being sawed mm. or sawn. Um, and then also I mean kind of off music a little bit but like you know when they have those flashes come in like the opening set the tone so well for what was coming like you knew on hearing and seeing that that 
you weren't in for a comfortable ride. Mm. Things were going to be... And then it just kind of just it turned into up. like something kind of, oh, I don't know, just uh, just alien almost when, when she's at the dinner table with him. It just goes into another level. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Just, just, just like kind of layer upon layer of sandwich. Mm. There's like drill effects going on and... Um, weird worry and like, like there's another one uh like a little different when um just after um poor franklin meets his demise mm. and uh and and you hear like the howling of the wind and the chainsaw as she's running through the forest mm. and he gets caught up in the in the branches you know um and even to be honest the pig squeals he makes yeah that sound it just it, it sounds inhuman and it sounds kind of I don't know disturbing on a weird level it's hard to put your finger on it but it's just you feel dirty almost after kind of witnessing say like Kirk's death and then the, the not Kirk but um uh yeah Kirk yeah Kirk's death and then as you say the door slamming you know, but the pig kind of squealing and mm. the door slamming it's just all so uh almost overwhelming as I, yeah, as I said, it was suffocating. Yeah. Kind of what I felt. Um, and I think the lack of traditional music really adds to the realism of it. Mm. Um, I think it I think it definitely was a great choice that they went with this. Um, I, I feel like what how I feel like they wanted to get across, I mean I can't say I'm speaking for them, but I I imagine they were happy with the end product and it is what they were looking for yeah. because it is extremely powerful. Uh, it sets the scene straight away and it continues it throughout just that building uh, just feeling of, of raw terror uh, mm. and unease um, it was incredibly effective it really was um, yeah, it's just, it just hard to describe it as music <laughs> I did say it, just, it was um, just such a kind of a a mishmash of stuff almost, yeah. you know, which is which kind I of mean, very much yeah, evokes the yeah, family, exactly. Yeah, um, the mania so, that, yeah, that's on definitely the tone of it worked in it, you know. So that's kind of what you want in yeah. soundtrack, you know. And, and then, as I say, like they, they really push the foley work up really into the front forefront, you know. So the sound, mm. the sound of the chains, obviously, is another one, yeah, you know, uh, like that's all part of the, the score, um, is these sounds of. of even the sound of um, Sally crying, you know, I mean, that all becomes part mm, of it. Yeah. Um, and them kind of, they're, they're laughing, kind of fake laughing. Yeah, or not yeah. fake, but like kind of just um, teasingly laughing at mm, her kind of. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, so it, as I said, it's hard to describe it as music in a way, but mm. it's extremely effective and I thought it suited the film absolutely yeah. perfectly. But uh, that's me done. You want to move on to Halloween? Yeah, I can move on to Halloween. Okay, so I have one word opening, perfection. <laughs> uh, this this is without a doubt one the most memorable scores ever composed. Um, like it's just it's hard, it's it's hard to th- I mean I'd say maybe maybe along with Jaws, maybe the most iconic kind of film theme ever. Uh, it's definitely one of them, yeah. Certainly for horror, it would probably like, be that. Yeah, I mean, like when I think maybe of, Psycho as well. When I yeah, Psycho, yeah, actually, yeah, Psycho is another one as well. But when I think of horror, I think of uh, The Shining, and I think of Halloween. Hmm. Um, and and I, when I think of when I when I hear th- those, like maybe a couple, of, like two notes on the piano, 
and I, I just, it's like I'm there. It's Halloween, mm. even it's Halloween season. I hear this music. I think you've just the 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 time of Halloween. You know the the the, the you know, festival. You know Samhain yeah. for those of you who uh, um, keep it the old gods. <laughs> um, it's interesting you mentioned that because that's kind of what. Uh, what I've heard inspired kind of the story as in it's never mentioned but it's kind of that thing of like Michael is basically an evil thing that comes to do harm on Halloween yeah you know so that's kind of what they yeah. were basing it off of oh yeah and we, 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 the, of, the original one was, yeah the original because I, I mean yeah. with all due respect to the sequels I'm not a fan of them but what the ones I've seen anyway but let's I'm not saying you were about to, but just just kind of want to put down. Let's just keep our conversation on the first one and not on yeah. So sequels. No, that's fine. It's fine. I just wasn't sure where you were going with it. But go on. Sorry. I know, I'm not that familiar with. Uh, sorry, I'm not that familiar with um with the sequels. To be honest, bar like H two O's, you know, one I wouldn't be as familiar with the other ones. Like I've seen some of them, but maybe only once. So. Yeah. Um. No. I. I mean, <laughs> it's a Halloween three. <laughs> that's a, that's an experience. It's <laughs> mm. very different of an experience to this, but um, okay. But just just back onto the music. Uh, I feel like the music. It's weird how simple it is. Mm. It's where how simple it is, and it's weird how actually little. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, how little. <laughs> there's actually very little pieces of original music in the score like they repeat passages over and over again throughout the film it's not in any way a knock um but they 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 he had like maybe four or five kind of pieces yeah. that he played and tweaked and adjusted slightly over and over again well, like, I it was by john carpenter obviously mm-hmm. sorry for those of you who aren't aware well he also wrote well, the, well co-wrote the script co-wrote and directed, directed it yeah apparently like it was um there was this company or something he, he directed something else that they saw and they liked and they asked him what he sold on precinct 30 yeah and they asked him if he'd direct um, a horror film and he said if he had full creative control and they said yeah you can so that's yeah well, it was uh, agreement. Uh, yeah it was um the producer actually had the idea for he wanted to do yeah, something about, a film uh, set uh, around he wanted to do a film with halloween in the title mm-hmm. and he checked to see he was like oh it has to have begun and he said not only did i find that there was no film called Halloween. There was no film that even had the word had Halloween anywhere mm. in the title. He couldn't believe his luck. Yeah, he wanted to do about a killer stalking babysitter. Yeah. That's kind of what he wanted. The babysitters and Halloween. He, he had that concept and that happened in one night. I think it was originally it was going to be called like the, 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 baby the babysitter sit- killers or the babysitter or something killer like or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Halloween's a far better mm. title. Um, but uh yeah, so John John Carpenter, he he said to them, he said, "Look, I can make this film for three hundred thousand dollars," and they're like, "That's nothing. You can't make, you can't film for two days for three hundred thousand dollars in Hollywood." And they were like, this, "The and, cast weren't paid." And he said, "Look, if he said if you can make this movie for three hundred thousand dollars, you can have absolute full complete creative control." I don't think the cast were paid an awful lot. I think Donald Pleasance got a large sum of that because he was the most um, established name. Um, apparently, he, what he, you know, even John Carpenter, he was paid ten grand mm-hmm. plus ten percent of the gross. <laughs> That's a little uh, addendum that he probably mm-hmm. didn't think would pay off as much as it did. I think they tried to get Peter Cushing. Um, I don't think he thought this wasn't the paid and money for the little right, pay. And then yeah. Christopher Lee tried to get as well for Loomis, obviously. Yeah, for Loomis, and he turned it down. And he said after that, it was one of the biggest regrets of his career was wow. turning down the role. Um, so we're interesting to see how he would approach this. Mm. 
Uh, but I like Donald Pleasant's uh, portrayal of it. Oh, we go back to music? Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> the theme, um, uh, yeah, it's very, the, the signature theme is uh, very menacing, foreboding, it's creepy, it's, it's fantastic. Like, yeah. like, actually, I think the whole soundtrack is fantastic. There's yeah. no weak no. point on <laughs> the soundtrack. I think of all There's the... like one moment that I didn't like. One very, sorry to cut you off, but one very small moment I didn't like. It's when um, Annie and Lindsay are crossing from uh, Lindsay's house to uh, Tommy's house, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just kind of come across and you see Michael pops up. There's a little sting oh, yeah, jump scare. Yeah. And it, just, it, it didn't fit. It was very, very 80s, which is funny because it's 78, but it was very 80s and it felt, uh, it was too synthy mm-hmm. and it just didn't fit in with the kind of subtlety of the rest of the score. But otherwise, I thought it was, as I said, the first word was perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's the most, cons- like, of all... Say we'll just go with the horror ones that we've covered now because I, I, I'm trying to think of all the other films we've done so far. But of all the horror ones, it's the most well-rounded of all the soundtracks. Like it's a perfect kind of soundtrack, you know. Yeah, it just every um, and it's so deceivingly simple. Like you mm-hmm. just have this kind of light piano, uh, with them with a deep kind of organized mm-hmm. organ-like bass notes underneath it. And I just kind of they combine to have that kind of perfect mix of kind of like the like the piano kind of has a kind of tip of your toes kind of tension, you know, and but then the the deep kind of bass notes of the organ mm-hmm. or I imagine it's synthesized organ, um, have that kind of subtlety of kind of a impending doom. Yeah, and they they perfectly work together of kind of beyond the edge right now, but also, you know, death is coming. You know, slowly the way it kind of it actually mirrors the way Michael kind of moves, where he kind of just floats along. He's in no rush, and the kind of the, you know, that dun, 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 ding, 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 ding. You know, I think that's just like that's Michael. My my favorite part of the score though is you know um it's like a it's like a slow kind of piano piece. It's like Joe and she's um Linda rings her. Yeah. And then she's like, here's a, she, well, she just thinks her message, she doesn't know, but yeah. she's being strangled. And she's starting to kind of wonder, what the hell is going on, you know? And she starts to walk over. It's basically the music you hear when Randy's watching the film. Yeah. Do you know, yes. that piece. You're talking, you're talking about Scream. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I so thought people... I mentioned Scream. I thought I said Scream. Did you? I thought I did. Well, maybe <laughs> I didn't. But anyway, yeah, that, that piece when she's walking across the street, and it's that kind of slow piano piece, mm. and it's kind of... um. Yeah, his organ is maybe a bit of synth in there as well. Well, I, I think but, it's saying almost entirely synth- yeah. synthesized. But, but but that piece, it really kind of um, it kind of really it's like showing a kind of the, this evil that's kind of corrupting and engulfing the town, kind yeah. of like you know, it's slow build. You know, I just I, that's my favorite piece. I think in the whole in the whole soundtrack. Yeah, and there's another lovely little moment when um, the very start of the movie when Michael is um, you know first person view and we see him. Uh, first of all, he looks up at the room and the light goes off and then mm. the music starts on yeah. that. Uh, and then when he goes in, he gets the, the knife and he sees the, the boyfriend go out. Mm. And as he's approaching the stairs, I'm not sure if he's just approaching it or he's just going up. I'm not sure. But in and around that mm. moment, there's this note that just hangs. It just, I can't, I can't replicate it, mm. but it just hangs and it goes and goes and goes. And if it, was, if it wasn't a synthesizer, it would obviously have faded down, but it just keeps going and you're waiting for the fade and it's not fading. And then it just goes and it changes then up tempo. It was just a fantastic, subtle piece of, of composing that just, uh, oh, it was just a marvelous, marvelous uh, um, effort. Mm. 
Uh, and there's one other piece then, uh, which is not by John Carpenter. It's in the movie. I'm not sure if you picked up on it. It was the song on the radio. Don't Fear the Reaper. Don't Fear the Reaper. Yeah, that was, that was a nice <laughs> touch. A nice little, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a great song by Blue Oyster Cult as well. But uh, as uh, Annie and uh, and Laurie are, are, are driving to uh, hate Baby, to babysit, babysit. Yeah. and smoking their weed. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think we're ready to vote. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll go first. Um, I thought both scores um, suited their films perfectly. Takes a chance of massacres made like a really brave decision in not going for a traditional score and I think it really 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 paid off uh, in what they achieved like in creating that sense of oh, just mania and insanity um, but John Carpenter's score for Halloween is one of the greatest pieces of uh, film uh, music I've ever heard um, and it definitely mm. definitely wins yeah yeah I just kind of same really like, I mean just literally what you said uh, they both uh, both soundtracks work really well in their respective films but I think uh, John Carpenter's one with Halloween is more memorable and has more going for it uh, as an all around soundtrack yeah um, okay so we move on to round two horror so uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre certainly has plenty of horror um but what's interesting i think it kind of gets lost in the discussion and again when we're dealing with horrors you're usually dealing i find with like a great original movie yeah and then like a, a pile of crap of sequels that follow after mm. it and that there's so many of them that the the the, the collective conscience of the people you know pop culture kind of merge them all together and sometimes even take over like a perfect example is obviously Friday the 13th when like Jason isn't the killer at all sorry spoilers Yeesh. if you haven't heard that episode or watched the movie but uh, I've done it now so yeah Jason isn't the killer in Friday the 13th so um, uh, you know it, but, but everyone remembers Friday the 13th as Jason and the hockey mask and the, the machete and blah 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 um, and it's it, the sequels take over um, and I feel like um, this was um, this kind of has I, I, I text James Masker for I think with some people has this kind of name of being uh, over the top gore and just mindless. Uh, yeah, kind of like all those video nasties that were like rubbish films. Yeah, and, time, and like even know? like a lot of those kind of torture porn movies you see mm. all the time. You know, like the Saw sequels, and I mean, I think yeah, I like the. What was that one? A Hostel as well. You know yeah, I've never seen it, but yeah, yeah. I generally I'm able to suss them out, and I don't watch yeah. them. But uh, I kind of yeah, like I mean, like the original Saw is, is quite a fun movie, but the sequels are just absolute rubbish, and I feel like they're trying to do this. But they're failing miserably. Um, this is this. I mean, because most. Of, I mean, for a lot of this movie, it's just a group of teenagers on a road trip, um, and they're just building the tension mm. and building. Obviously, you've got the hitchhiker comes in pretty early. Um, but I, I, I get uh, when I when I because I'll be honest, I was one of the people who wrote this film before watching it, and I think part of it is. Uh, I mean, I, to be honest, I wrote it off when I was about 15, 16, maybe 14. And I just seen clips of it. We used to, we, 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 maybe we should plug it. We always, uh, every year we used to watch the uh, 100 Scariest Moments on Channel 4. Mm. 
and uh, I remember seeing a clip of it and that and then it's the clip where um where Kirk gets killed and that pig squeal and I think it really unnerved me it, I, and I think I've kind of I realized what it is is it feels it feels almost too real it feels like um like you're watching a snuff film you're actually watching someone be murdered mm. um it really really gets under your skin now obviously I'm saying that now is a huge plus but I think it genuinely unnerved me. Like it's, I think it genuinely scared me. I think it's well because it, it comes out of nowhere. It's because like, he kind of trips as he runs in. Yeah. And it's again, and there's no. I said it's not like a jump scare. Is no. it's not like a big thing. It's just no. he just it and just smacks him. It's so oh, and then, basic almost. Yeah. And then there's that twitch of the yeah. body just like twitching, and then there's another smack, and then just. And then you remember that Franklin had explained that exact process yeah. earlier when they're passing the slaughterhouse. Yeah. That then, sometimes it takes two or three hits for him to kill. And him. then what's creepy is because when she's walking up to the house, you now know what's in. I, even yeah. though you probably suggest, no, you, you probably sense yeah. there's going to be something bad in there. It's, it's called know, the Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. You but know it's not going to be. You a know what's in there, and you, she's walking in. You're like, no, 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 don't. It's kind of like later when. Laurie is going to try and check on her friends, yes. and you're like, no, don't go. Don't want to go in there. You know, yeah. same kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it was very uh, uh, brutal kind of scene, but more unnerving than graphic. You know, it's not graphic at yeah, all. It's not. And, and that's and that's the thing. Yeah. It's all, it's all implied yeah. violence, yeah. which it, it, it's incredible because as you watch it, like it, as I said, like it feels really, it feels like a snuff film. But like there is almost no blood in the movie, uh, and like you definitely don't you don't see chainsaws going into flesh mm-hmm. except for on Leatherface himself on his thigh yeah, at the very tiny. end. But otherwise, I don't think you even see a chainsaw penetrate flesh. And even just on Leatherface, the way he kind of runs and chases, yeah. it just takes you back to kind of um, old, just like your initial fears as a child of like a monster chasing yeah. you. It's so basic. Prime, primal. Yeah, just as, and like you'd be so close to it, you're like, oh God, because any touch that chainsaw is going to do yeah. extreme damage. Like, yeah. and you're just like, oh, get away, get away, get away, you know. You feel it with her, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know that long shot then as she's running towards the house and then you see her and then you just see him emerging as well. And it's so weird and creepy it's looking. so well done. And like, yeah. and that, that, and it goes it, on for it, so long. It, yeah, it does. And, and, you know, it's one of those moments where you're like, okay, is it going too long? And then it keeps going and you're like, no, no, it's not. Like, I feel like if it had ended shorter, it would have felt like it had gone too long. But by keeping it going and keeping it going, you feel a desperation. You see in her eyes, is a, sh- a great shot of her face as she's running. Mm. And her eyes, she looks like she's, like her eyes have glazed over, like she's gone, like emotionally mm. almost gone. Like she's just purely running on adrenaline. It's a great moment, really subtle. Yeah. But um, And yeah, that, that that scene around the table with the family and her chase scene, I think kind of remind me of the, I don't know if we mentioned it in a previous episode, but the theatre of cruelty, which in theatre is basically a way where it wants the audience to kind of suffer, to elicit really strong reactions from them. And you do feel it because there's a moment like in the scene and you're like, oh, geez, just stop it. End it. You know, you do feel that because you really feel cause probably what she's feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. It goes on for so long. It's like it is torturous in some ways, you know. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and But also you have that. But then on top of that, you have like some real kind of subtle moments as well of terror. Like when she runs into the uh, back into the um, into the gas station mm. and we to who we think is a lovely, nice man. Now. Look again. It's 
I'll be honest, no, the first time I watched that, I was a, I did I wasn't sure what his story was because he seemed so nice, you know, like mm-hmm. there was nothing about him that seemed and then you already had the hitchhiker and Leatherface who were the monsters. So like mm-hmm. you don't automatically assume that he's in on it. And I thought it was a great reveal. And I even like I love, I love the fact, oh god, when she realizes when when not she realizes, but we realize when she looks over at the meat yeah. and realizes Remember earlier they had the barbecue? Yeah. They were eating humans. Mm. Um, and there's that kind of moment for us, more so than her, but she realizes there's something wrong the way he's acting when she arrives in. And, she, and you just kind of, and actually rewatching it, it's actually worse. As in, like, it's actually scarier. I don't know, you feel worse for her because you know she's this poor thing, thinks she's finally found sanctuary, but it's just this false hope. He's the leader of them. Yeah. And he's about to just take her in, back into it. She's just escaped from it. And she's ran into the one person she shouldn't have. Then even the way she kind of, he kind of slaps her around with the broom. Yeah. Strange. It's like she's an insect or something. Yeah, it's, like, it's all very odd. Yeah. Um, uh, then like, um, uh, just getting back on like when, when uh, the other girl, pa- I think was it Pam was her name? Uh when she, yeah. yeah, when he kind of bursts through and like she's in the hallway and she tries to run out and he just grabs her that kind of bear hug yeah. and then puts her on the hook. Like, I think, That's like at least, at least Kirk's was quick, you know. She had to like really, she probably had the worst. And she didn't wake up in the freezer. She yeah, was still that, slightly that's alive. That's so disturbing. And the way her body just kind of pops up, Ugh. it's yeah. so strange. Like um, Jerry goes down for the countdown. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I think I think that was that, that and and the scene where where the father is still alive and is like drinking, drinking her blood. blood and the way he's kind of arms and legs go it's like a baby suckling, oh, God, yeah. it's so strange. It's like he's gone back to being a baby because he he's so old, yeah. like obviously. But that, and you just hear the kind of the sucking, yeah. Because uh, you then, assume he's dead. You think they're just gonna kind of insane that he keeps still alive. Even like there's that shot, that classic, like kind of psycho shot when she runs upstairs yeah. and she went into the room of what we assume are two dead corpses. Yeah, because what the, the the woman is definitely dead. Yeah, like, it's like it's skeleton, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you assume he's dead as well. You think yeah. they're just kind of they're just gonna they're obviously insane, but you just think they're just <laughs> pretending he's still alive, you yeah. know. But then you go, oh, he actually is still alive. And what then he attempts to like kill her. Yeah, and again, it's so clumsy and uh, kind of yeah, flimsy. Just. just uh, really, 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 really disturbing. And then, like, kind of, like, the more she kind of gets upset, the more they kind of enjoy mm. it, and they kind of, kind of home in on her, like, almost are just fascinated by her response. Yes, yeah, they're they're like um like an animal playing with its mm. prey or something. I think um, uh, our Leatherface wearing that like old woman wig. Yeah, and the makeup on on it actually, mm. and you can uh, sorry, no, the spiders again for another movie. <laughs> I won't say it, mm. but go on. Uh, yeah, just again, that that was just like a really bizarre and strange image, you know. Um, yeah, that's another layer of kind of just uh, like you just don't you just it's it, it, even even for insanity standards like this is another level. Yeah, like obviously the influence was Ed is he Ed Gein or Ed Gein? I'm not sure how they pronounce it, but. Um, Obviously, he was a massive influence on this, as he was on Psycho and Leatherface, mm-hmm. or, or, or um, um, uh, uh, Sons of the Lambs. Um, what a what a legacy he, he left behind. But um, oh, there's another shot actually. Um, that was very creepy as well. It was so in the middle of the chase scene, you know, when he's kind of cutting the door to get in, mm. and she's just after looking at the the father and the I assume it's their mother up in that room. 
uh, well, well, the, the young, their grandparents, yeah, their grandparents, the, the cook's father, yeah, father, yeah. and she kind of coming back down the stairs, and then he just kind of comes in, and the way he kind of just looks up, spots her. Mm. It's just, it's just like an, it's just as an image, it just looks really, it's really, really unnerving as a goal. Yeah, he looks really unnerving. Yeah, and even even when you see the close up of him with his teeth and everything, mm, he's kind of playing with his kind of his, with his tongue around, kind of. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all just very strange and bizarre. Um, then obviously, like Franklin's day, I thought was the least scary, but it was, but it, he just kind of comes out of nowhere. But it, nowhere, it was yeah. like, like he was never gonna, you know, yeah. get a chance. Like <laughs> Franklin was gone from the second he he set into that uh, that van. Yeah, he was gone. But um, oh no, no yeah, and then one other moment as well I liked was um, when she faints and then she wakes up. At the dinner, and you see this moment where she realizes that where she that it wasn't a dream, mm. like she is really here, yeah. and she's just like, oh, and she starts screaming, and you just does have a second where you see her brain mm. processing the situation. I thought it was another little great moment. I didn't think about like she was possibly eating her friends uh, earlier. No, at, at that point. But do you think she was eating? Well, not that she, but she was probably. Well, being, they, they were that eating, was on the plane. They, like, they were eating her friends. Yeah, right? oh, like that's yeah. kind of like fucking. Yeah, yeah, it's an extremely horrendous thought. Um, um, and there was one other thing. Um, for a moment. Oh yeah, do you know at the very end, like when she's getting into that van, mm. not the big truck, the van. Yeah. And she's obviously really fatigued and tired, and, hard, and she's very, very slowly just getting in, and he's very slowly because he's got obviously got injured with the chainsaw very slowly coming towards her trying to um uh yeah obviously kill her you know and it's it's she's he's so close like <laughs> you know and it's like go 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 yeah, shot go. so well and do you want know yeah. to remind me of another wrestling reference but like when you're on the ladder oh yeah trying to go for the title down. yeah and you're just waiting and waiting for the opponent to, to come mm. close to you just so you can grab it <laughs> that's what it was like she just got just snatched the title yeah um, and I look at her face as well, like her maniacal laughter, yeah, like laughter of got of, away, I of, made it of release. But yeah. you you wonder what kind of state she'd be in afterwards. Oh. Um, but yeah, just just a, I think truly truly horrifying film. I think there's no other way to describe it than that. Um, but we'll move on to Halloween. Uh-huh. Um, excuse Liam's yawns. Mm-hmm. It is currently quarter past four in the a.m. Mm. Um, this is the dedication you get from us <laughs> you know um, you know coming in what three four days late whenever this gets up <laughs> um, but you know we're trying our best here okay so bear with us um, okay so um, after the opening first person shot is just such a great shot and obviously we know now um, looking back but what a great reveal that it's actually a young child, child who's yeah. doing it. I mean, you look back at it now, you see his hand is quite small. So yeah, but we're looking know. for it. But uh, yeah, at the time. I think as well, like just the fact that it's like, you just, it's, you know, a knife in your drawer in your kitchen. It's such a, yeah, an everyday thing, you yes. like clients. Yeah. Uh, like, it's that's not in any way out of the, the realm no. of possibilities. And even when he's coming up the stairs and you hear her kind of humming in a room, it's mm. such kind of a violation to be intruded upon, you know. Yeah very privacy of your own room and they just like to do such a, a horrendous thing and then when it's revealed that it, like yeah. this is her younger brother yeah who's done this and then, and then her parent their parents coming home and I love that shot um, where he just he's like 
he's holding a knife and they look out and they actually freeze and you can see the actors actually just stop moving like almost like in theater mm. where they just freeze and then yeah. as the camera just pans out into a wide shot of it like because they're actually frozen in the moment it's almost mm. like it's a moment that obviously uh, the parents will never forget and it was it was a, a very interesting choice and i really liked it that like kind carpenter's point where he just got them to freeze in place and then as the camera moved mm. um I really like that shot. But, uh, yeah, so then uh, this film, I feel, also uses sound production incredibly well. And the one piece that sounds really the most is the sound of his breathing yeah. in the mask. Even like with Joel Laurie's walking down the... After she's put the key by the, is it the old Myers house or whatever, you know, yeah. and then she's walking off. And you just see he's kind of, you see, you don't see, you see kind of his shoulder and you can hear him breathing. He's just watching her walk. Yeah. Walk but, and like, he uses the sting and, you know, and he, you know the, the, the kind of the, the lane kind of as he comes mm. out. But to be honest, I don't think it needed it. I think just him standing yeah. there breathing would be plenty scary. Yeah. And then when he comes out and he's like watching her and you realize, oh no, like, like. And I, I, I think, and well, again, that, that, we're excluding that, all the sequels. I think in this film, she's not his sister. Um, and Yeah, that's wondering about that. Like, like there's no reference to that in this movie. Yeah. So I, I, as far as I know, John Carpenter never, uh, and sorry, the, I can't remember her name, the lady he co-wrote it with, um, they didn't plan for them to be siblings. But like, wh- why... Um... Why does he pick Laurie? Though? I think, I think, like so specifically, literally, right? he's just arrived at the house, right? This is the house where he killed his sister, mm-hmm. and now a girl of the same age walks up and puts something to the house. So, like, it's like literally the first thing that moved. It's like okay, now he's laser beamed onto her. The target, it's like he just. I think she reminds him of his sister. Uh, you were talking about like Joe bit excuse me, where he um, emerges kind of at the door. Joe's just putting the key there, and yeah. there's that sound effect. You see it in the where you said like it didn't need it. Like, I agree, it probably would have been creepier without the big sound effect. But Joe, when she's in this classroom, then and she oh. sees him at the car, and there is music playing, but it's softer. Yeah, which that and then uh, that's like very creepy. And then again, outside the back garden with the clothesline with the yeah, towels over there. You, you know what I loved about the classroom one, where she looks out the window, and they actually they do it this way for the clothesline, where she looks out, she sees mm. him, looks back, he's gone. But in the classroom, she looks out, sees him, looks away, looks back. He's still mm-hmm. there. That that was the moment for me that was even scarier. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. He, he's, he, he's not the he met eyes briefly, awkwardly, like people do from time to time. Mm. This man is staring at you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the third time when he's gone. But in the back garden, no, it's not. He just, She's just looking. It's weird. She doesn't look away. She's just looking and then he's just gone. Yeah. I found we, that- we, 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 we caught to see her looking. And then when it cuts back, he's gone. Yeah. Which now, obviously, she doesn't look away, but the yeah. camera does. Yeah, which uh, that was, that was kind of strange. Like, did she well, see probably him walk while, away? Probably or? while the blanket moved in place, mm-hmm. he, he left. Or, I don't know, maybe he has, like, Batman powers or something, mm-hmm. you know, where he can just, like, be <coughs> a little he's conversation. He's a monster. Like, yeah, but um, again, I think we have to keep this in perspective of this movie and no other movie. I don't think there's, except no, for, I think he is. Except for the very end. Yeah, I mean, there's no other way. suggestion that he has any kind of. Well, I suppose he is very strong. I mean, like, yeah, he's very strong, but that's kills, one thing. Uh, but like taking four bullets to the chest and like. Yeah, I know, but, but some somebody like you know, people high on drugs can 
get shot and not even realize it. Like, or if someone like extremely like, like she stabs him as well, like stabs him with a knee. No, no, I understand, but people have survived being stabbed. I mean, the story of Rasputin. I don't know if you ever heard of him. The story of Rasputin, the Mad Monk, and like the attempts he poisoned and stabbed and shot and everything, and he survived. To, uh, to me, though, the two scariest moments in the film are the shot where Tommy looks out the window and sees the figure standing across the street in the distance. Because for me, figures yes. in the distance is what scares me most. It's like that's. I, I agree. I, I think there's, there's something about that subtlety. Yeah. Uh, 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 and it's it's like. There's two things. One is that, uh, as we've said many times here, uh, less is more, and mm. that's a very overused phrase. But it's true so many times, so often. Like, just don't go over the top. You don't need to. Just rail it back. And uh, but th- they use it twice with Tommy. Once when he has that one yeah. shot where he's staring across, and then, backlit. But then when he's carrying Annie out. Yeah, and, and what's interesting with that one is they use... Um, the music from the thing yes. from another world which is funny because Scream does the same thing then with Halloween yeah, Scream funny. uses a bit is, of the Halloween soundtrack that in funny. that film yeah. so it's kind of cool um, but yeah that, is, that, that was even creepier in a way yeah. walking in with the dead body yeah. and like and then, like you, you're in Tommy's shoes like he, he's probably thinking yes. even though he doesn't know any of been killed but he's thinking oh did he do something to someone there you know and like he's right Yeah, and he's right it is the boogeyman basically and, you know and, no exactly and, yeah. and he's it's scarier because we don't hear the live sound of him carrying her in. Mm. If it was just him carrying her in, we go, oh, yeah. Well, I was thinking that like, you know, right there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's Tommy seeing it from a distance and him, and then we, we see that happen with the and sound of the movie. And Tommy not the full story either. Like. It's just, uh, it, 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 it separates us from it and makes it creepier and mm. weirder. Even Despite the fact, obviously, it's horrendously creepy and uh, awful to murder a child. Um, yeah, the, the, for me, those two moments were the scariest parts in the film for me. Um, there's a few. Uh, there's a few other great moments. There's a lot of other great moments, but there's a few that kind of stand out that I want to talk about. One was um, after she finds their dead bodies. Now, I'll be honest, that the, the reveal of the bodies. I mean, I thought Annie's reveal was excellent, and it also really kind of hammers home the idea that he sees them as his sister. When he puts like her mm. uh, headstone above Annie's body in the bed, but like <laughs> the the shots where, you know, he opens the she opens the door and like he swings down. Like, mm. is is Michael Myers like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone? Or Kevin McAllister, he has these sets rigged up, and then like the door of the wardrobe just pulls open randomly. Mm. Like, is he magic? You know, it, it just. What? That took me out of it slightly, and and to be honest, I mean, even the reveals, I mean, they're, they're jump scares, but they don't really do a lot for me. The one I liked though was when you actually seen the dead bodies, and then you see his face from the darkness. That's right. That's what I was leading up to. That's exactly that shot the moment. Was great. It's that her, you see behind her is nothing, and you're just focused on her, and then just out of the corner of your eye, you see mm. the white of his this face really creepy emerge. Mask. It is the famous Captain mm. Kirk mask. Yeah. <laughs> if, 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 spray you're, if you're not if you're not aware, that's what it is. It was um, they were trying to find the right mask and they couldn't find it. And some guy, I'm not sure who it was, went and bought a crappy Captain Kirk mask, cut open the eyes a little bigger, spray painted it a bit, and that's it. And as John Carpenter says, I owe my entire career to Captain Kirk. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, William Shatner. Yeah. William Shatner. Um, um, and then the shot where she, with the with the rake kind of. Um, Kind of has the door locked and you're kind of like get out get out get out get out yeah. get out get out you know uh, but again and then you have again a similar but when she's running across and he's she's sprinting and screaming and he's just slowly walking along you know 
Um, well, he's walking at a decent pace. But I know what you mean. She's running. Down. He's a, he's totally relaxed. But uh, before this, she finds the body. When she's walking towards the house, because I said as the film goes on, that house becomes more and more like a haunted house, like a more threatening, like a, just a place you don't want to be in. That house, uh, you in know, Lindsay's house. Yeah, yeah, across the road, you know, yeah. like that house becomes like the kind of the focal point in many ways of, yeah. of where all the bad things are happening and it's like you stay away from that house you know it becomes yeah. it almost becomes threatening looking as the film goes on especially as I said when she's walking over and she's just suspicious of what's going on like you know yeah no, and then uh, then um, another shot I loved going back a little bit was Bob's was it Bob? yeah Bob's death when, is it Bob? yeah it's Bob yeah um, when he's like nailed to the cupboard and he's mm-hmm. just hanging there, and then Michael is just staring at him. That's a fantastic moment. Um, yeah, he just think he's fascinated. Yeah, it, it, it's those those moments of just uh, downtime, allowing you to just get into the mind of him slightly. We don't really get into him too much. I mean, as Loomis keeps saying, he's just a killing machine, just pure evil. Um, but you get this kind of sense of like he's just. Oh, uh, I mean, he's still that, you know, seven, six, seven year old boy who, who killed his sister for some weird reason that nobody can explain. He's like, as Loomis says, I spent what was that? I spent eight years trying to cure him and another seven trying to stop him ever being released. Uh, like he tried everything he could to cure him. And now he's just completely convinced that this child is pure evil. And he's, he's I'd say basically the exact same state as he was. Mm. When he when he when he killed uh, his sister, yeah. Judith. I also liked that there was a few occasions where you thought Annie was gonna die and she didn't. I liked that they kind of mm. kept you guessing. And there's that really creepy bit where, you know, she's kind of um, I think when she kind of uh, she's putting her clothes in the washing machine because yeah, she got something on her, and you just see the face. You don't see it very clearly, but yeah. you see enough of it outside the door. And it's like that. That's weird. Yeah. And then when she forgets her keys, because mm. she opens the door and it's locked, and then. She comes back and then she opens the car without realizing that it's open yeah. for a second, and then the realization of the right, fog. Well, yeah, the condensation. Yeah. The what a fantastic idea that was like. Wait a minute, there was somebody in here. That's so creepy. Yeah. So disturbing. Yeah. It's Way like, more than if she just grabbed like, her. Yeah. It's the it's those little moments that build up that just uh, that, that elevated from like mm-hmm. you know a, a good. Horror movie to a great horror movie. Yeah, that, that, that was one of the most unnerving moments for me. Like, um, kind of the realization of, like, what the hell? You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we can keep going on listing the scenes, but, like, I have to I have to mention the, uh, just the one scene, because it's, when I think of Halloween, it's the, whenever I kind of, you know, when you're a kid or whatever, and when you're watching movies and TV, before the internet, for those of you who don't remember, you have to just watch whatever's on. Mm-hmm. And you had no recording. So you, you if, say, Halloween's on Halloween, an RT2 or something like that, and you walk in and it's like, oh, it's on an hour. Oh, damn it. Like, <laughs> I can't rewind it. So I just go in. Watch uh, I, would, I would always be on. I, I find I often walk in when Laurie's in the closet. Mm. and like he's smashing in. That scene is so iconic. I'll be honest, when I think of like horror, that's kind of the scene um, that enters my head. And that, and probably Jack Nicholson, uh, just staring into the abyss in uh, in The Shining. They're probably the two images that pop into my head straight away when I think of horror. Um, but yeah, that that scene is just so iconic. Um, and not, I wouldn't even say it's like the best part of the movie, like the scene. I mean, it obviously it's really well done and it builds attention. But I like you. I completely agree that the moments where Michael is stalking in the distance are the creepiest yeah. and, and most effective shots. 
But um, yeah, are we ready to vote? Can try, but I think we're ready to go into it anyway. <laughs> I, I, I honestly have no idea. Like I'm still like I, I have no clue what way I'm going to vote. Um, this this may be the closest ever. Certainly for me since. We're starting uh, to say that every week, but it is really no, close. For me since Wally and up, this is the closest. Because um, they're both, they're both different. Like they're both horrific in different ways. And one one thing I realized was um, uh, when I'm trying to think of how am I going to answer that, how am I going to decide on this earlier when I was doing my notes and, um, yeah. So like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a guttural fear. It is this kind of uh, just insane, manic, just uh, gut-wrenching, excruciating fear. This, it feels, I mean, and, and you know, as they say it, like, the, with the boogeyman, th- this is a more of a, kind of a simpler, um, uh, more kind of, part of you know like uh like ancient folklore you know he, he almost fit in with you know some of the old folk fairy tales like he just feels like a kind of a classic monster through the years you know it, this is more of a subtle part of uh a, almost like a, a naturally occurring force or something mm. it just feels more subtle it, it it's more subtly tense and terrifying while uh texas is is overtly terrifying they're two different styles of doing it and they both do it fantastically well it's just which one is more effective <laughs> can you go because i'm still thinking <laughs> uh, can we tie can we tie around i don't think we can i think it would be silly uh, which I'm trying, I'm trying to think okay i'm kind of just gonna have to go with when I watched it last, which one scared me the most or made me fear for the characters the most? Because as I said before, that's generally what I feel when I watch movies. I don't actually feel scared of the movie. I feel scared for the characters. And which one did I feel scared for the characters more in? I think I'd have to go with Halloween. And I think Joe actually steals it for Halloween is um, the kids, Tommy. Tommy looking across the street and seeing Michael uh, and then seeing him carry Annie. That image, I just, I think, and it is probably the fact that it's a child in danger. It just raises the stakes again. And then again, you know, when he comes up the stairs and she locks them into the bathroom. Um... That's like, uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, so that would just, I mean, you're, we're talking like a millionth of a percent, but yeah, Halloween. I thought you would go with Texas because you had said earlier that, like, to you, it felt like, because it, it felt real, like it was a real thing happening, you know? Yeah. Like, that, that's why I, I thought, thought you I would, would as well, to be honest. Um, see, like, when we say horror, are we saying which was better, horror or which scared us more? That's why I always try to, you know. Well, I mean, if you can decide on any of them, really, at this point. <laughs> uh, no, I know, but in general, even with the other horror films. Well, we've done, done, this is our, what, I know, it's the last one. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think because it's, it's really close. I think both. I think it covers both. Which is a better horror scenes and, and are which 
you know, terrified you. Um, I think, again, as I said, we can kind of generally only go on our last viewing, which is maybe unfair if you've seen one more than the other. And like we're not. Also, the, you know, the movies you're in or something could be different yeah, as well with that, yeah. you know, like it could be different atmosphere. Just, you're going to have to pick one, Liam. Uh, no, I'm just saying. Yeah, um, yeah I. I hmm. yeah, this is tough. I mean, I probably just simply because of for me a figures in it in the distance is something that always creeps me out. They did an it as well in the miniseries with Ben and Pennywise is on that floating on the river or the kind of the lake thing and it's that figure in the distance kind of thing. Yeah, it's just there's or, something about that yeah, that is just it's like a, it's, a, it's, it's the, a primal the sense of something it's dangerous going like, to you. It's like when people are afraid of spiders and you can't even explain why. It's just it's something inbuilt into you. It just feels wrong, and you just you do you want to just go in the opposite direction. Yeah, and you can't even explain it. And maybe that's why it's. I think like it's obvious why you'd be afraid of of a man running at you with a chainsaw, but I mean a man staring at you in the distance, it's it's creepy, but it's not like the same kind probably of probably not going to be as threatening threat, to you. But it's for some reason it it feels just it's as if not more scary, and it's hard to explain. I think them and and the scene the, him looking. Said, like you said, in the distance at the figure, and then Michael carrying mm, Annie, Annie yeah, as well. Too, yeah. Those two, and yeah. then also the scene of Annie opening the door and realizing as yeah, she sits in that the door has been opened. Okay, so you're officially going for the Halloween. Halloween. Okay, so it's a uh, four nil uh, to Halloween. So we'll see what happens. I think that that that's very unfair and not very unfair in Texas, but I think on a different day it could easily be two all going into the final round. But we have to call it as we genuinely feel or feel in that moment. You sound unsure, Liam. No, I just okay. Um, okay, so uh, moving on to the final round. It's round three. Characters. Um, this is another one that's kind of interesting. Um. Because I have to say, like when I was doing my notes, I remember, I, I, when I was watching the movie actually, and I was like, uh, I was like, God, I got, this is this is some fantastic dialogue. Like I really feel like I'm in their heads, you know. Like I feel, I really feel like these characters are real people. Mm. It's not like just um, not to not to uh, <laughs> dump on Friday the Thirteenth all the time, but. The kind of the exact opposite of Friday the Thirteenth, they felt very you know two uh, D kind of people just fitting a trope or not even a trope because they did to be fair they start a lot of the tropes but um, just to fit kind of a slot you know in the in the script this felt like a real group of people mm. hanging out but what's interesting is so like I was thinking I was like oh yeah so I'm gonna like write a bit about each one. When I sat down to write about Kirk, Pam, and Jerry, like they kind of just, I, I can't, I didn't really, couldn't really get much. Um, it just like, it was just like they all had this sense of realism, and they felt like real. I felt like I was watching real people, and that's also partly why it feels like a snuff film. It's because it, it, it almost has a found footage kind of feel to. It. Obviously not visually, because it's not shot that way, but in in the way. In the, in the in the how grounded it is in how they act and react, mm. uh, it really feels very very natural. Like the the um 
who wrote who wrote the script for this? It was um, was it to- yeah, it was Toe Pooper and Kim uh, Henkel. They have a real ear for dialogue. I, I think it was a fantastic uh, script. Yeah, like you were just saying about the characters, like I think like Kirk at least kind of like seemed like a bit of a joker. Like he had some good lines, like he says, like, Do you want to go down to the pool? And um so like Franklin's been on there when he was little and he's like, Franklin was never little, you know. Yeah. Or like um, you know, if we run out of gas, uh, we're gonna have to use you're gonna have to give us a lift home or yeah, you're gonna have to use your wheelchair. Yeah, tow us back, yeah. You know, so he, he had some lines and he was kind of especially early, he seemed to be one kind of uh, you know, taking uh, Franklin out when he had to relieve himself, you know, yeah. or that kind of stuff. So he at least, Kirk had something there, a little, you know. Um, Franklin, that for me, is the one who has, like, is the most Frank- interesting. Franklin is he's definitely the most, the most fleshed out character. Oh, there's without no, there's no doubt. Because he's the one that, like... We, we, we hear what he's thinking way more than anybody else. Now, it's partly is because... Well, he, like, Sally, he, for example, like, she's, like... By the time, like, Jerry is killed... She's, I'd say she's probably the least um, fleshed out, to be honest. Yeah. Of the characters, it, it, it's it's like she she is. I feel like she should have gone. F- she's almost the a foil for Franklin. Yeah. And like for Fra- Franklin, very. I mean, like obviously he's the comic relief, and he is very funny in this film. Yeah. Some people I think don't like him. Like, they find him like really oh, annoying. Man, I love like, him. I, I know he's like he is an annoying character, as in like if I was in that movie, if I was friends with Franklin, I'd find him annoying. Mm. But in the movie, he's hilarious. Mm. He's so much, he, he absolutely needed in this film because if, he, if not for him, it would just be dour to like unending. But like Johnny's like doing the, <laughs> they're upstairs. Yeah. Come on, Franklin. And then, he wheels into, <laughs> wheels into the door frame and smashes his, knee his, his arm. Something. Oh God, I burst out laughing at that moment. It was so funny. Um, but then like kind of the way he's kind of like weirdly kind of fascinated by what the hitchhiker's talking about yeah, he's yeah. scared Obsessed but fascinated him, yeah and he's so paranoid yeah and he's like about the like uh, you know you must take something to do that to yourself you know yeah. to cut yourself like that you know you know, you can see it really made a massive impact on him mm-hmm. and even like when it's like do you think it means anything when he yeah. smeared the blood in the van yeah, and yeah. It's like he's gonna come back, and then obviously later on when they all start disappearing, and it's him and Sally waiting, and that's yeah. a great scene. Yeah, really that is a great scene. Trying to decide what to do. Yeah, it's like I'll and, go on my own. I can. He's like, let's go, let's go. Yeah. It's like no, and then he goes over to get the keys. No, they're gone or whatever, and uh, and he's like, even there's a, even before that when when like Sally's really losing her patience with mm-hmm. him, and he's like Sally, and she's like, what, Franklin? What now? Nothing. And you just you do feel sorry do, for him yeah. there because he know. kind of feels like as they say at one point he's like. Uh, uh, when you wished if I didn't come at all yeah. you, want, you didn't want me to come and it's clear you. that she didn't Yeah, like she only brought him because you felt sorry for him yeah. um, and then like when they're kind of like you know, like um, Kirk and Pam like Joe where's the pool Frank and he's like uh, it's down river and like right, we'll see in about an hour or so um, you kind of feel sorry for him there because he's just like on his own like you know Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, but to me, he was the most fleshed out. He was yeah. the one that, like, when I was writing notes and character, he was the one. Um, I said Kirk had at least something about him. He was a bit of a joker, kind of a messer. So he throws the tooth at Pam as well before he goes in. Yeah. You know, so at least he had that. He had some distinctiveness to his personality. Uh, I felt like Jerry and the two girls not so much. Yeah, um, no, there's not a whole lot, kind of. They're not fleshed out well, yeah. but, but I just love how they are and how they act. As well. Yeah, like no, not wrong with the actors or anything, but like, but like, say Sally, for example, like she, as I said, 
she's probably the least fleshed out of a lot of them, and then she's the last one left. But then it's it's just her being, you know, going through this like extreme trauma, like of being chased by yeah, this guy no, with a chainsaw. It, it, it's, it's very That's much, the second half of the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and, and you know, like, so yeah, there, there are the few moments. So, like, she obviously feels sorry for. I feel it. Feel like if she felt sorry for Franklin. They were going on the road trip. Mm. He may have kind of motioned he'd like to go. Yeah. And then she's like, no, no. And he's like, why don't you come? And he's like. No, no, I won't go. And she said, no, come on, it'll be fun. Come on, be fun. And that's what he's quoting, I imagine, yeah. afterwards. It was like yeah. when she was like, oh, well, you said to come. And it was like, mm. only because you made me, you yeah. fool. Yeah. Um, but uh, but she is, she's very loyal, though, as well, to Jerry. Like, when he's like, let's go. He's mm. like, I'm not, I'm not going without no, Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. Um, and you can tell that she's worried. And she would be willing to go without Pam and... Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I uh, felt that. was a bit weird, yeah. Like, but she's going out with Jerry. And obviously he's been gone. He was not, wasn't gone as long. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, and he, he, I mean, you feel for her immensely in the end. It's like, I mean, it is just a horrific experience she goes through. And you, you up until that last second when uh, she grabs the title belt. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're on, her, you know, you're on her side the whole time. Like, and you are captivated by it. But it is very much the horror leads the way. Than, uh, than, than her. Didn't you have the Sawyer family? Mm. So the hitchhiker. Yeah. Um, so he enjoys unnerving people, yeah. causing havoc. I mean, he is just like a maniacal ball mm. of energy. Yeah. Like Joey says about like um, we were talking about the slaughterhouse and at the start, like oh, things happen happen here we don't tell about or something. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. Like that. It's all weird. And then like take the picture and like you know I want five dollars and. All this kind of yeah, shady he, he, and yeah, kind he of just, behavior. He, 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 um, you knew instantly, like, don't pick this guy up. He doesn't look right. <laughs> and he, he, even like it, it's, it's obvious from later from talking to his father, the the cook, that um he was the one digging up the graves and doing all mm, that stuff yeah. because his father giving out to him. Yeah. You, you he almost got caught. Yeah, draw the attention on us. And, um, but he, so he's very, he's clearly very reckless and he mm. doesn't think he just acts. But he relishes in the torture and the killing. Yeah. He also goes into like great detail about how to kill the animals in the slaughterhouse. Yeah. You know, and he has pictures. Well, obviously, yeah. Like, well, obviously, they're probably they're, like in that area, the slaughterhouse is probably like the sole form of employment. Mm. So everyone worked there. So obviously, they probably all worked there. But, and then they used the practices they learned mm. on the people. That, and yes, mm. it's quite clear. You know, they set that right. up. You know. Yeah, I think he was the, probably the most cruel as well to Sally. Um, yes. Because, yeah. like, Letterface. Ah, he, he, just, he just like I should like I'll just kill you. I'll kill you, we'll get to letterface, but just uh, in a moment. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think the hitchhiker was kind of enjoying it the most. Like, the way he was kind of laughing yes. and imitating yeah. her, and, and you know, just you know all that. And then the cook, he's interesting, like the father, because he, he always tries to make it seem like he's kind of not okay with it. Like, you know, to get it over with. But I don't like, you know, I can't. Don't be like that now. You know, it's like. It's like he's schizophrenic because then at times then you see him and he kind of has a maniacal laugh where he's enjoying watching him do it from afar kind of like he he do it but i'll observe you know yeah so I, he is fascinated by it i absolutely love that about it. like it's so easy just to make him just be another one mm. uh and he is but like uh, you're dead right like the way he you, you can totally see that he's justifying to himself his actions like he's like don't worry it'll be over soon mm. You know, and don't torture the girl, you know. Mm. Uh, like, he, he's like, oh, he has a heart of gold. Like, yeah. uh, well, just kill her quickly. You yeah. know, we'll kill her and eat her. But like, I just, uh, can't, was like, just can't bear to see yeah. something suffer or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't have the stomach for, yeah. for killing. Like, he, he never does the killing. And so somehow, like, he is the, 
you know, the kind-hearted yeah, member. The voice of, of reason, almost. Um, which is just, uh, I mean, it makes it, I mean, it's it's a little funny, but it also kind of hammers home just their just um, separation from reality and what we would understand as any kind of moral-like behavior. Mm. Um, but also, uh, really interesting, just his reveal and setup, like he hides in plain sight. He's the only one that actually can survive yeah like, like he's working in a regular um, job and that kind of and he's the leader they, they, they all listen to him even though that's the other thing they all kind of kind of he's he does like have control over them yeah even though the hitchhiker's a bit wild but certainly with um letterface like oh, yeah, he slaps yeah. him around the place yeah. and like and he's not a hitchhiker as well well he it? does he does but the, i think letterface is kind of more well yeah, he's more obey, obeying well, of him he's, letterface. he's basically a child yeah you know he's a child stuck in a, in a man's body yeah, there's real innocence about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even like when he kills Jerry, I felt like it was like he, he did it almost in defense, kind yeah. of like it was like, like well, you were attacking me, like I. It was like he was scared because he kind of did this howling yeah. scream. Yeah. Like, and then he's kind of looking around, and I'm just like, where are they coming from? Kind of like, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's startled. Like, what he's, is going on? He is very confused, and even is it after? I don't I can't remember which one it's after. But when he walks into the other room, he just starts kind of rocking and kind of holding his head like. I think it was Jerry. Was, yeah, and you just feel like he's just. He's really distressed. He doesn't know what's going on, and he's very confused. And you almost, you don't, but you almost have a moment of pity for him, where you, I mean, I suppose in a way, like I mean, like he's obviously had what chance did he have? Yeah, you know, um, he probably had born with some kind of defect, and he's raised by that. <laughs> you know, what chance did he have? But obviously, he does truly horrendous acts, and uh, is absolutely terrifying in this film. Um, yeah, the that, mask is so the, strange. And the pig squeal. Mm. That pig squeal. Giant and as I said, just the way he runs kind of as well. It's very... Everything about him. It's clumsy and trudging yeah, along, yeah, you know. There's, there's no nothing great no, at all. But, <laughs> no. uh, but just so... Um, this works so well. Mm. Um, just a fantastic uh, beast, you know, yeah. antagonist. But um, we move on to Halloween. Yeah. So, um, I was again. I was doing up the list, and and I was like, oh yeah, Annie, and, and I was like, Annie and Linda basically feel like the same person, just done twice. Well, they're there to kind of show the polar opposite. No, of to, course, to, again, to Laurie. Are, well, that 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 you know the the the, the sexually promiscuous mm-hmm. trope. You know. Yeah, they both are similar in that. I will say one thing though, like I with Annie, like she she kind of like teases Laurie a bit about kind of like doing never going out, but mm-hmm. she does kind of. Sure that she is a good friend as well because she tries to encourage her to go out with uh Yeah, she ben, sets there up, is that bit with Ben Tramer. Yeah, like saying like you like him, he likes you. Even though, you just need a bit of a push. Yeah, even though Laurie maybe wasn't as appreciative of it. But yeah, but, but no, she has that moment I'll where come she back can to see that, that she there is a bit of uh, I, uh, when we get to Laurie I'm gonna come back to that because uh, Yeah, okay. She, yeah, she does say but like, you know, to call it off, whatever, but yeah. we will come back to that. But I thought that, that kind of showed like another side of Annie where like even though she's taking the piss out of her and making fun of her and that, but she is a good friend who does care about Laurie you know yeah no you can um, see that but uh, they kind of um, they both kind of look at her kind of con- with confusion and that she seems to prefer studying and babysitting mm-hmm. than actually being with boys and that's yeah. why they're kind of surprised Annie was surprised when she's like oh we actually are into somebody um, but they just felt very ba- very light on character mm-hmm. and they were just uh, I mean you know as much as I, I love this movie like the, the, <laughs> they're, fodder for they're just Michael fodder Myers. They're, they're just there to be killed mm-hmm. yeah um I I wouldn't even mention uh who who's the, who's the guy again? Ben uh, Tramer? He wasn't in it. No, L- Linda's um 
The other three had to go to glasses. Yeah, I mean, he's just there to be killed as well. Great death, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Loomis? Uh, Sam Loomis. So he's like, he's driven to the point of obsession. Yeah, and I feel like he creates the mystique of Michael. Oh, yeah. By yeah. what he what he tells uh, the, the, the sheriff. You know, he's the one who kind of provides that kind of mystique about him, you know. Like if Loomis wasn't in the film, you'd lose a lot of um, a lot of uh, kind of the aura of Michael Myers. You know what he is. Yeah, he's kind of the exposition man. Yeah, he's there to tell us why we should be so mm. afraid of him. But you see himself like he is like like every scene he's in, he's telling somebody how how much you should be afraid, yeah. and, and therefore telling us how much we should be afraid. And he shows in his own actions how afraid he is because like, say like when the, that thing, was it the, part of the drain, the drain pipe kind of falls and comes through the window. Yeah. And he pulls his gun out yeah, like, yeah. and you see the sheriff kind of looking at him he's like, I have a permit for it. But you see, he's like, he's terrified even when he chases the kids away and then like, the sheriff kind of comes up with his <laughs> hand on his shoulder. He's just, he's just oh. hey, Lanny. Yeah. <laughs> Get your ass away from that dog. But when he puts his hand on his shoulder, he's just, he's just terrified. Yeah. Like, because he knows how um, dangerous and potential harm that Michael could cause if he's yeah. not kind of got back under, he, he's, you know, his... He kind of does nothing for most of the movie, yeah. though. Like, he's just hanging out by the Myers house, mm. hanging out. And then he's like, what... Jesus, there's a car across the road. <laughs> how did I not see? How did you not see that like two or three hours ago? Like it, it hadn't moved. It's not like Mike, you know, dropped it off. Then it was like, oh no, I parked it too far away. When after done the killing, I better, you know, quick exit. So he went back, got the car, parked mm. it closer. It's just very strange. That moment was very odd. It's like, how did he not see the car before then? You know, the car yeah. that from the company, you know, from the laboratory that he works for. Mm. Like he didn't notice it for hours. It's <laughs> yeah. very hard to believe. Um, it's obviously just they needed him to be out of the way for a while and then get him from point A to point but B. But I like John there to start when the nurse is saying, like, will they ever let him out? And like, and Loomis says, question of letting him out. He's like, and he just says, never. Yeah. No, never. Never. Like, it's not out of the question. Like, there's no. Yeah. Of all the people that could have escaped, he's the last one. Yeah, no, and uh, yeah, he does that job well. Mm. He he's a bit over the top, though. I do, mm. I do find it's a little uh, kind of um, unbelievable about him. But uh, I like, I kind of, I liked him as well. But the, the, he's a little too over the top. Um, but he comes good in the end. He saves Laurie. Mm. Um, finally realizes there's a car across the road, <laughs> and. Uh, and sees the kids running out and puts two and two and guesses that's probably the house. Um, you wonder why Laurie didn't go with them. With who? With the kids. Yeah, I, I, I have another weird question. We'll, we'll, we'll come to it when we get to her. But um, I kind of like Tommy, I, I like as a character. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's quite likable. He is. And, and you, you know, he's excited about Halloween, but then you feel really sorry for him when they're like, Teasing him about mm. boogeyman, and then like they destroy his pumpkin, and yeah. I feel really bad for him. Like um, no, you do, you do, you definitely. Uh, I think we can all probably identify at times. But it's nice foreshadowing, like oh, the boogeyman is coming, yeah. and then like obviously what happens, you know, that night. And of course, Michael stalks him as well. He does just yeah. because he was with, he was with Laurie, Laurie. Yeah. Um, it kind of shows how bad for Michael is that like he's even willing to kill like small kids, you know. Mm. 
Um, well, I mean, as Luma says, he's pure evil. Mm. Um, but yeah, and that raises the stakes. And, you know, of course, that, that, that was what sealed it for me for, for round two. But yeah, Tommy, and even Lindsay, she's not even in much, but I, I really, I thought they were great performances. Like, mm. they, 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 they really worked well together. And it felt like those kids like knew that they were genuinely friends. Yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. They were kind portrayed very well. School theater. Or... Um, but uh, yeah, well, we go on to Michael. Mm-hmm. So um, he's a lifeless killing machine. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's like a dead vo- eyes, like a dog. He's like a voyeur as well. To me, yeah, he is a voyeur. To me, he he's a he's a voyeur mixed with a shark. Yeah, just fascination about death and killing. Um, like I mean, obviously his first one, he he's looking at his sister. Then he's looking at Annie later. Mm. Then he's looking at uh, uh, Bob and uh, Linda. Uh, Linda, like uh, he seems to be obsessed mm. with sexuality or, or or sex. Yeah. Um, and and then just killing people. Yeah. And I mean, he's like he's sure he's a little calculating as well. The fact that he stole the the tombstone. And the bed sheet um, as well with the glasses. Yeah. Almost a bit of playfulness mm. in him there, which is kind mm. of, I which up until that point was un uncharacteristic yeah. but again we, we don't really get a character for him yeah, yeah like he's a, he's a shadowy he's, figure he's the boogeyman he's a boogeyman uh, but it's really it's, it's Loomis who kind of provides the little little things about him like. yeah who fetches him out first yeah. which is I think is a good idea and it I, is and a good I, idea and it's why you needed Loomis in it because if it was just him I think it would still be scary yeah. and I mean but it there would still be scary might necessarily be as much to him you know, as a, he's a shadowy figure and he's creepy. Yeah. But um. You know, and obviously he plays these vital component in terms of the horror of the story. But you know, there's not a lot you can really say, like you know, in terms of backstory or anything. That you know, he just he, he kills people. You know. No, I mean the opening That's scene kind of is it. great, and like uh, how he's portrayed is great. Yeah. It's just um, his character. You can't comes, dwell into too much more than character. There isn't yeah, really anything really. to go on. Yeah. So Laurie. Yeah. So um, Isolari is the kind of again she is she is lays down the ground for the classic yeah. last girl, yeah. good girl trope. She's intelligent. She's good at school. She's well mannered. She doesn't. She isn't promiscuous. She isn't doesn't have boyfriends. Um, she does smoke weed though. Yeah, which is nice that she's kind of like yeah. in you know many you say they were kind of I want to say corrupting her but kind of the influence of her friends. Yeah, where yeah. they offer a little, but like I mean you know. I mean, uh, I think I but, think it's that little subtle thing that leads you to believe that underneath there is she's maybe she's repressed. She wants to be, but yeah. she's just not Even, able. Yeah, to we be. will definitely get to that in a minute. But like, I like the house. Like when they leave, Joan to meet Annie's father, and then they drive off, and she's, it's Laurie, not Annie, that's worried. Yeah. Like, what, what, what yeah, if he yeah. smelled it? Like, you know, yeah. she's like, he didn't smell. Anything. You know, she's the one that's worrying about it. But yeah, she's kind of, she's kind of, you know, she's shy. She's kind of very self conscious. You know. Mm. He sees like she brings like oh I forgot my chemistry book and all the books she's yeah. already bringing home. And Linda's like I forgot this book yeah. and that book I forget every book. But um, yeah, the fact that I think like one of the most interesting parts of Laurie is when she says to Annie like, uh, "What are you going to wear to the dance tomorrow?" I feel that's like a silent plea to be involved, and she wants Annie to actually help her get over her kind of yeah, insecurities I, I it's a cry for help that. really without yeah. saying it and I feel like when she tells her like oh I told Ben Tramer that you liked him and she gets so panicky but it's because yeah. it's the unknown Yeah. and I feel like that's like it was a nice kind of allegory for like 
facing your fears and like having to face Michael then later in the film. I really feel like that's what the only reason she doesn't want to go through the Ben Tramer. It's because it's the unknown to her. I think really deep down she would be love to do it, to be excited. Yeah, well, it. I think obviously, but, but she she's told Danny that she yeah. she fancied him. Yeah. Um. So uh, it, it's clear it's clear that she would like to, but you're right. It's the fear. It adds of, a layer of to her character that did that, that a little bit uh, with Annie. I, no, I really like that. It does. Yeah. You know, it it is important. Um. It also helps just kind of establish her as how she's different from the other mm. two as well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I think that's a, a very good point. And then she even has that line, then you know, like everyone's having a good time tonight. Like little does she know, like you know. But then, like, but so she was as well. Oh, she was. Yeah, she, she was. She, but she, but she yeah. was loving it. Like you see her coming yeah. out with the pumpkin, and she was laughing, and she was yeah. sitting down with the kids. Yeah, and, yeah, she was. You know, like watching she, the, the like. The film. I mean, obviously, she. I think. I think what I like about her as well is that. She genuinely loves those kids. Mm. I think she genuinely loves kids. Every time she sees trick or treaters, she smiles. Yeah, like I think she just has that kind of that maybe that motherly but, or, or you know. What, uh, what does she mean or, by that? Was you like in the start when she's coming from school and just feel kids trick or treating and she kind of says, "Well, kiddo, I thought you all grew superstition." I think it was she thought it was Michael again, and she went over to see if he was there or not, and it was like only the kids, and she's like, like "Michael, what?" Remember when she saw Michael at the classroom and then she saw the care? Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. And then yeah, so yeah. she goes over and she, she thought she was going to see him again and there were mm. just kids playing. And she's like, well, what am I doing? I thought yeah, you were yeah, about yeah. crew superstitions. Yeah, okay, yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. And then the one other bit I didn't get was why when Michael comes up the stairs, why she puts the kids in one room and she goes into another room. I think it was to protect them. I think she was, I think, basically sacrificing herself. Not sacrificing herself, but hoping... Yeah, so because if she she locked them all in, then he would have smashed the door down to get them. But she was hoping that last case scenario they're gotten, but like she would risk going into the other room, mm. lock them in for their safety. I think that was very much you know her. Okay, yeah, uh, I just I didn't uh, get that. Like, you trying to save uh, all of you together, but yeah, yeah. okay, maybe that was. Uh, I think uh, I mean obviously, but uh, one thing I will say earlier, probably should have said it on Michael, is that he has a terrible aim. <laughs> Um, oh, like, like when it's her he's got a terrible aim yeah it's like, it, it, she has an awful case of plot armor yeah and it's irritating because it's such a good movie and it doesn't need it like you could have her see reflection behind her in a you know in a thing and there's no fault of his own she sees him and moves slightly and then he slices her arm but like she's literally standing still and he's walking out in pure silence in the excellent man, you know, technique he has and he raises his hand to stab her and he grazes her left arm yeah like why did he just start strangling her like he did with yeah why um, just stab her in the back of the head or something yeah. but like or even just like sort of like we did with Annie he was sort of strangling them or with yeah. Linda with the phone call and then again like you know when he's in the house and it's a, it's a fantastic moment Another, uh, we didn't mention her, but when she gets into the house and you hear the breathing and you don't know where he is, but you know he's in the room. That's why I love the breathing. It worked so well. So she doesn't know where he is and she's sitting down on the couch and she's grabbing the knitting needle. And then he comes down from behind. The, again, he's behind her. He knows where she is. She doesn't know where he is. And he comes down and he misses her completely and gets to the couch. Mm. It's like, Mike, well, you're not practicing your skills in, in, you know, in, the, in the asylum. Um... <laughs> you learn to drive, like you know. Yeah, so that that one I kind of forgive, but the one in Lindsay's house upstairs, that was that annoyed me. It took me out of it. I was like, there's no need to do it that way. Like she, like how could he not? How could he have missed her? It, it was silly, really, to be honest. But um, that's not really on her character. It's more, yeah, more just uh, the, the plot of the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, she's a very she she becomes quite strong willed. But I like the fact that she's still like she's she's barely brave. Like she's like absolutely traumatized at the end of the movie. You know, she's 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 broken at that point. Well, she's seen her friends killed. I mean, like, totally justifiably. Yeah. It's not an it's yeah. not an insult or a critique. Yeah. It's just I like the fact that like she kind of realistically rose to the occasion when she had to, but then once he was gone, that she broke it down back down into yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, I thought she was you know she was she was a good and. and <laughs> Sets the sets the model for so many uh, last girls to follow mm. afterwards. Scream, obviously, you know, explained this. And actually, this little reference that Scream uh, did, the, the classic when, um, when Linda and Bob were, you know, uh, going, he goes to get the beer. I think I'll be right back. I think that may be the first <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm not sure, but it's, it's the kind of the earliest one I'm aware of. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny the birth of I'll be right back, mm. but um, yeah, no, I I I I thought um, I thought Laurie was a good character. So um, we're ready to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go first? Um, or, yeah, yeah, I, I, it was weird. It was what I kind of thought was gonna go one way, but now that we kind of started discussing it, kind of going into detail about it, um, I think I'm gonna go with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, just for. Uh, Franklin really stood out to me. I thought he was just as a character. Yeah. But I think the tree, the family. So you have like yeah. Letterface, the, the the father, the cook, and the yeah, hitchhiker. There's a lot. If you compare them to Michael, there's a lot to them that you see their dynamic and maybe. I don't know a bit more what why they're doing what they're doing, or there's more a bit more to it. Michael, he's a bit more of a um, you know, a shadow figure, which is creepy and a, great for the horror. But as a character, there's probably more to them. You know, like you were saying about like how Letterface seemed kind of childlike. It's it's interesting, like and it's all his dynamics. The father doesn't want to kind of kill them, but he's observing from afar, and then that the hitchhiker just like revels in it, like you know. So you've kind of got three of them, you know. Um, you know, Halloween has, I like Laurie and I like Loomis. Um, but I think just on this topic, I think I'm going to go a little, or go with Texas. Okay. Um, I agree. I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre has the better characters. Um, and it's weird because I don't think that their characters are fleshed out, as in like the teens, mm. are fleshed out very well. Franklin obviously is. But... I just I, he, I like for me oh, to just obviously teens. Whenever he's there, he is, steals the scene for me. He does. Whenever yes. he's talking to, he like I Franklin's the one I'm most uh, engaged with. You know, whenever yeah, he's no, on the screen. No, no, I I agree. I, as we've said, we've said already. That I think we both really like Franklin's character in this. But um, no, I, I I I as I said earlier, like when I was talking about the dialogue, I just they feel like real people. Like I I thought Linda and Pam didn't feel like real people. They, they felt very two-dimensional to me. Linda and Annie. Oh, sorry, sorry. Linda and Annie. Linda and Annie. <laughs> hey, the crossover. <laughs> Linda and Annie. Uh, Annie, 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 the, Annie the, the girl played Linda, I think, was in uh, Carrie as well. Oh, you're right, actually. Yeah. Went out with uh, John Travolta. I'm not sure who she is. I just I read about it. That maybe like, maybe I'm misremembering it. But anyway, uh, I thought that, that that group dynamic was fantastic. And it really... 
just so convincing. I know I've, I've, I've kind of rambled on that already. Just that the dialogue was, was phenomenal. They felt like real people. And even though I didn't learn much about them as characters, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed watching them be as a yeah. group. They felt really real. And I felt just like, again, as I said, added to the realism of, of the film. Franklin obviously is a lot of fun. Um, really funny character and then i agree again uh the hitchhiker leatherface and the cook have this extra dynamic they add to it that they i mean you know they all have elements going on i think the cook's probably the most interesting i think he's Mm -hmm. probably the best character in the movie Mm -hmm. for me um but yeah like michael and, and it's hard to kind of um criticize Halloween for Michael Myers not having character because I think that adds it's all to works for him, yeah. yeah it it, it works perfectly yeah. for the film and I think and I think from what I understand I've never seen any of the the remakes or anything like that mm. but like they go into like you know loads of backstory but from what I've heard from people I respect that it doesn't really work you don't really need that like Michael Myers was perfected by John Carpenter in yeah. the first one and you don't need a backstory he's terrifying as he is yeah. and i agree um i mean we gave him the the horror horror vote in round two but uh regarding characters i think texas chainsaw massacre uh takes it for me as well so that brings it four two to halloween and uh round two was extremely close for both of us <laughs> yeah. so it, it could really it could have gone it, 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 either way. it, could, it could have been four two to uh texas chainsaw massacre yeah. as well i think I think it was a great um, last kind of cap to the horror season. Mm-hmm. Um, two absolute pillars of the horror un- genre. Undeniable classic horror films. T- without doubt, two of the greatest horror films ever made. Um, two of the greatest slasher movies ever made. Um, and a perfect uh, send off for October horror season. As we move on into yeah. November, when we go back to our mm. mishmash of jumping around the place, and next week, of course, mm. Liam is. Um, yeah, so I just I just thought to say it as well. I, well, what a great intro I did to you there, and then it's like, no, 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 I'll throw it away. Go no, on. just I wanted to kind of just go touch on, on the on, on the <laughs> just to finish closing out the horror uh, season. Like it was, re- I really enjoyed. It's my favorite genre, so like. Um, I really enjoyed kind of just discussing and delving and dissecting into all these um horror uh, related films. So yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Like so, and like we will do some horror again at some point. Yeah, um, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's not where we'll just do horror in October yeah. and then never do it no, any no, other we'll, month. There'll be some we'll, popping up we'll, here and we'll, there. We'll, we'll, we'll be pl- we'll be around. Yeah, but a, yeah. a genre that we haven't done yet is next. Mm. Leem. Yeah, so it's gonna be um. <laughs> 1993, So I Married an Axe Murderer versus 1996, <laughs> The Cable Guy. No one saw that coming. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I so, guarantee that. But what's interesting is they're, they're, they're both comedies, but they're both dark comedies. So they're, both, they're, they're, both, they're both dark comedies from... And I, I think we should probably explain as well. These two movies in our house growing up were like uh, Susan Kane and Casablanca. <laughs> like, these were revered to us as kids. You know, well, to be honest, I think almost every Jim Carrey film uh, yeah, from the 90s, in the 90s was, was, uh, was watched endlessly. I'd say, we, I'd say we've seen this film about 40 times. Um, 
Uh, we're talking about Cave of Guy there. So an axe murder, probably. About 50 times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we, I remember we rented so my axe murder from our local video shop. And they basically, I mean, it was a movie that nobody else rented. And like, he, he just said, just keep it. <laughs> like, because we kept, <laughs> we kept renting it. And we were, we were quite late in dropping it back. Luckily, they had no late. I think it wasn't the two days was kind of the thing. Wasn't two it? days. Yeah. We had it for like two months. Yeah. No, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we went to drop it back and he was like, ugh. Just keep it. I remember calling to the house once. Didn't need to. That was it. for Jurassic Park. Um, no, that was for the. That was for last the, the last world. So the new release. Uh, it was a new release, and I think he. he we we, actually, we, no, see, we were notorious for not dropping back our movies on time. We live in a we live in a small town, a village really, less than less than two thousand people. So everyone knows everybody else, and there was one video shop, and he had like one tape. So when Jurassic Park The Last World comes out, that was a big deal. And uh, <laughs> so we rented it like day one. And I'm sure he was just like, oh, for the love of God. Last person. Because we were notorious for dropping it back two, three, four days late. So like we, we rented it, I think, on the Friday. And then like Saturday afternoon, he called up to our house to get it off of us. <laughs> so that he'd have it for the most of the day to rent it out to more people. <laughs> um, yeah, very funny. But anyway, enough of that ramble. We'll, we'll, we'll regale you with more thoughts of our VHS rental days in another episode um, but I think that's it for tonight yeah I hope you uh, enjoyed the horror season we hope you enjoyed this final episode sorry again that it was uh, it was a bit late and, hopefully uh, it was worth the wait yeah hope it was worth the wait and um, just one more time as well if, you, if you're interested in, in the, the short film um, we'd love if you could try uh, check it out and just uh, give us a bit of feedback on that as well but next week as we said uh yeah, short film is just called Chantier. S E A N T I Fada R. Uh, or just t- just put that with sharp. Or just go to the Movie Battle podcast on YouTube. Yeah. For it's a lot easier for those of you who can't spell uh, Irish words. Understandably as well. Yes, of course. <laughs> Movie Battle podcast. Go on to our channel. It's the la- it. It'll probably it'll be one of the most recent videos on there. But, but anyway, yeah. We'll, so we'll see you next week for um, Swim Murder and Action Murder versus Cable Guy. And with that, we'll um. We'll leave it, we'll leave it there so. We'll leave it there so. 